Welcome to the Static Podcast. I am your host, Anthony T, and this is episode 52. Welcome back. March 22nd, 2022. March is just flying by, probably because all of the distractions we got going on. It's a whirlwind. Uh, let's get into it. First story we have is Kataji Brown Jackson. She is the nominee for the Supreme Court Justice. She is doing her confirmation hearings this week. And it's uh, it's not as crazy as the Kavanaugh hearings, I could tell you that. Now, she has a pretty good a record like a employ like a background in law and she's been around and she's she was at the second highest court besides the Supreme Court before this but she has three strikes going against her that the Republicans will use against her let me rephrase that she defended a uh, Gitmo uh, terrorist I believe and she also was lenient on sexual offenders and the last one which I find also is disturbing and they're really going to hit on this is She's pretty much promoted and had ads and pushed by this group called Demand Justice, which is a progressive like lobby uh, organization. Uh, basically, it's a 501c4, so it's a basically lobby. And that's going to really hold her back. That Demand Justice organization also believes, and if you go on their website, it's demandjustice.org. They, uh, they want to pack the courts, which if you don't know what that is, that's the Supreme Court has nine justices now, and they want to add more. So right now, if you're technically to add one, it wouldn't be good because you have an even number. So you can't have five and five because you could get ties all the time and that would be a problem. So you'd have to actually add two more. And making such such a drastic change to a foundation of this government would... Uh, you would lose people would lose faith in the system right now with everything that's going on it would just be obviously that they're trying to change this uh country fundamentally in my point of view i believe yes she is qualified for the position yes she has the resume for it but just being associated with that demand justice organization that's a red flag for me because uh, that would be the worst thing. You get an activist Supreme Court justice, and that is not what that position is entails. That position entails to really knowing the the Constitution and how it was designed by the founders, not what some you know progressive agenda you want to impose on this country. And it really is a sad state of affairs in this country today that you have to be a forensic accountant in order to find out what your candidate or any, you know, person you want to vote for, what their real agenda is and not what they say, because the money that's backing them, that's always, that's always comes out at, that's how they vote. That's how they, they run. And, and so it's, it's, it's very sad. We have to do this. And not to mention that after you do all this work, just to decide who you're going to pick or vote for, now you have to, once they get in the office, you have to stay on top of them to make sure that they actually do it because they always can pull the wool over your eyes. You know, you never know. And now if Kentaji Brown-Jackson does not get confirmed as a Supreme Court justice, uh, I'm pretty sure the majority of people are going to be like, oh, because she's black. And they're in, that's the excuse. That's, that's their reasoning um, because... Sorry to say, a majority of people do not do their due diligence in looking up people's histories and, and, and voting records and stuff like that. So so next week, we'll know the fate of Kentanji Brown-Jackson if she becomes a Supreme Court justice or not. 
Next up, out of the Durango Herald, we have State Constitutional Convention Measures Stokes Partisan Fear. Efforts are underway to build support for a constitutional convention question that will be on the ballot of this year in Alaska. Now, just to be clear, this is a state constitutional convention and not a federal constitutional convention, so th- th- this is a little different. The article goes, Juneau, Alaska, uh, simmering public anger in Alaska over the legislature's failure to settle the state's most radioactive issue, how big a check residents should receive from the state's oil wealth fund, is colliding with a once-in-a-decade opportunity for political activists, the chance for voters to call a convention to amend the state's constitution. The frustration over the long-festering oil check question is providing a tailwind for groups seeking to change the Constitution to address a range of hot-button topics, such as restricting abortion and altering the process for selecting judges in a way that opponents say could make the process more partisan. Now, if you live in Alaska, you get a check every year from the state, an oil wealth check, because they're sitting on a whole ton of oil down there. And right now, the residents... Even though there's not that many residents, they still get a check every year from the government. And I'm guessing they are upset with the amount they're getting. And this is bringing on this question of should they have a constitutional convention to change the amount that they receive? So to the residents of Alaska, this probably sounds like a good idea, right? Everyone would like some more cash, right? But then you have organizations like the one I previously spoke about, like say Demand Justice, these lobbying groups get involved and then they want to change different things. And once you open up a constitutional convention, there's no guarantee that it'll just stay to that oil wealth check amount. There's no guarantee. It's a free for all. And you got some big money comes in and next thing you know, you're living in a blue state. So this uh, state constitutional convention leaves the door open for these lobbying groups to change things like abortion laws, uh, voting laws, every, they could change the whole constitution if the citizens, the residents of Alaska are not well informed on what's going on. It, it's a dangerous thing. It's, you don't want that. That's, that's not, not productive. See New Jersey in 1947. So I bring up New Jersey because uh, I belong to a, like a constitutional kind of group, a political group. They educate people in the constitution. And they had a speaker yesterday and the guy was pretty good and he was from New Jersey and he brought a like a little slideshow of, and of New Jersey's constitution and what's going on in New Jersey. And in 1947, they adopted a quote unquote, an, a progressive uh, constitution. They had a constitutional convention and they added more things. Now the 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 perfect formula, I guess, for for a government would to be the most limited government interference in your life that you could have, and with that, you want most of the power concentrated within the citizens. So basically, they get to vote as many people in to the government as they can. They they can choose, you know, from from judges to legislations to executive they choose that's the best way if they choose most of the people in government so the gentleman doing this little seminar he put up a slide of of texas and texas has many elections they the the citizens voted the majority of their government there isn't there's not a lot of appointments in texas uh state uh government then he put up a slide of new jersey and in new jersey Basically, in 1947, with the new constitution, they concentrated all the power 
in the government to the governor. So the governor, besides voting for the governor, they vote for the legislation. All other positions, basically in the whole government, now you have all these departments of education, department like transportation, whatever. The governor appoints the majority of these people. And just so happens when they adopted that new progressive constitution, the only people that can call for a new convention of the constitution are the legislature, not even the citizens. And that makes it very, very difficult for the people of the state to change, to make any changes to their government. They just created a bureaucratic nightmare for the citizens, which the bureaucracy is beholden to the governor because he appointed everyone and it is not representing the people but is representing the governor so basically you have a mini king now for example you do your due diligence you look up you research the candidates you find one that's semi-decent you vote for him he gets in the office right now he he appoints an attorney general because there's no elections for attorney generals this attorney general is horrible which we're seeing occasions like that now. You cannot do anything about that attorney general. You cannot vote him out. He's appointed. It's up to the governor. And this is how your life gets affected. So the powers that be changed the state's constitution into give you an illusion that you're actually doing something. You're, you're voting your, your governor, but you don't know that the government points most of the people. And that's why everybody's like, why does everything doesn't change? Why is it so bad? Because you didn't get involved. You didn't get informed. It's very important to get involved and informed about what's going on to prevent these people from changing things more. Now, when you tell people to get involved in politics, they're like, oh, it's politics. It's you, you never, it never helps. It's not going to, they do what they want and, and, and so forth. And people are discouraged and the powers that be want you to get discouraged. They don't want you to watch them because then they do whatever they want. See, the current political parties, they discourage you from participating in politics is because they divide you. It's us versus them. It's never educate you how government's supposed to actually work and hold them accountable for what they're supposed to be doing. See, once you've learned how the government's supposed to actually work and you you don't focus on the, the things that the political parties want to distract you with. The group I belong to, we meet once a month and it's anywhere from 15 to 30 people. And there's never any political disagreements. There's never any arguments because everyone knows how the government's supposed to work there. And we talk about solutions and things we can improve. And it's just moving forward toward a better government system that it's supposed to be. Now, of course, you can't take on the big bad government all by yourself and expect to change it. You have to find a group of people educate yourselves, find a topic, and tackle that topic which affects you most. You know, um, for example, if you're a big gun advocate, you believe in the Second Amendment, you would join the NRA. You would find local meetings where they, they're worried about a gun legislation, how the government's supposed to work in according to like upholding the Second Amendment. So you would get involved in that. And you would, your group 
one group would tackle that and then say there's another group about, you know, likes freedom of speech and they attack that. And a little bit at a time, if, if people get educated and groups start taking on the government here and there, you'll change it. It'll change. It takes time because it's been so long when people are, you know, not involved as much. But I see it. People are getting involved, involved. People are seeing things aren't going well and they're starting to get involved. And that's a good thing. It's a slow process, but it's good. So now there's some mild spring weather and it's light out later. I'm going to get out of here. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Anthony T. This is Static Podcast. You could reach me at Anthony at staticpodcast.net. You could go to staticpodcast.net, donate, subscribe. This is a value for value podcast. If you have a a podcasting 2.0 app, you can uh, stream some Satoshis. And I will be back next week. Have a good night. Thank you.